Carpon. That sounds like a fish. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Cars Unfiltered Podcast. We have the four of us back again. We have myself, Tom. We have Adam. Howdy. And we have Sal. Hello. And we have a special guest here with us today, a birthday Mike. And I'm still drinking <laughs> because of it. <laughs> Got to keep that keep that rolling. So if uh, if I start to make less sense than usual, you know why? <laughs> no, don't no worries, Mike. That's not possible. He <laughs> uh, <laughs> thinks. Uh, yeah, so it was Mike's birthday. I think uh, so. This is, we're recording this on a Thursday, and I believe yesterday was his birthday. Yep. And yep, yep. Uh, which will be further in the past when we're, this gets released in the future. So yeah, but everybody should definitely comment and wish Mike a happy birthday. Or send me things, you know. Yeah, presents. Presents, presents are always welcome. Preferably things I can drink that have alcohol well, in them. Or, yeah, think, or early Ford pickup parts. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I will take those. <laughs> Yep. Or anything from the vices section of uncrate.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much my wish list. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. So we have some news today and then we have some event coverage because uh, Mike and I went to an event last weekend. Um, and then we have apparently a bone to pick about said Ford parts, I presume. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's yep, a new yep. segment I'm introducing that uh, may or may not continue. So it's like wishbone to pick. Is that or okay? Um, and then we have an Alcan update. So yeah, should we get started with some news? Yeah. So interestingly, in the news this week, Opel has had its highest sales in Germany since 2008. And uh, for those of you who are wondering, yeah, Opel still makes cars, and they sold almost 36,600 cars. Uh, last year so so yeah well i know i guess uh in in january and february so yeah in two months that's the most cars they've sold since 2008 i feel like this is the part where like james may would come in and say there's a new dacia sendero <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's kind of how most of us feel about opal but i i do like the 1960s and 70s opal gt i'm just gonna go out there and say that well, you know, if you like that, they now have, and I don't know what this converts to to U.S. dollars, but it's eighteen thousand seven hundred and seventy-five pounds. Their new Insignia Grand Sport sedan. Uh, uh, yeah, not the same. No, not the same. No. Well, I tried. Also, also, also in the news to move off of Opal because let's be honest, there's not that much more to talk about. Is that, there. Is that just the? Is Opal probably the only German? company that doesn't get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to german engineering i don't think anyone's ever a german been like company opal is german yeah well they're owned by the french now <laughs> they're owned by the french thank you very much i guess i always thought that's, of them as a french know, company i don't know that that's a endorsement of quality <laughs> not at all no not at all <laughs> I don't know if I'd be driving one of those in a fight <laughs> but but let's say that they are german engineered yeah, they don't get that. They don't. They don't get the benefit don't get of the that doubt on that. No, mm. that's mm. unfortunate. And also, fun fact about Opal: this is a feature that I've only seen on high-end car websites like Aston Martin, uh, and like 
yeah, car websites like that. But you can actually there's a there's a section on their manufacturer website to search for used Opals. Interesting. Okay. Wait on on the home the home website you can look for a yep. used Opal. Yep. All right. Well, that tells you they have a lot of confidence in their product. Hey, they know that. Yeah, it does. They're going to be around. You're going to want a used one. Also, <laughs> they know that they sell them for too much, so <laughs> you can buy them used. <laughs> So speak, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah say, so speaking of of people that have maybe lost confidence in their product, uh, <laughs> another bit of news that came out was that Toyota is planning to kind of nix their uh, their diesel lineup coming up here. They're kind of throwing in the white towel at least temporarily. So uh, I think that's going to happen to a lot of vehicles in uh, in Europe. There. Yeah, the whole diesel cheating thing was uh, a bit too much for for the diesel world. Is that kind of like you're at a like at a poker game, playing cards, and like, uh, like Volkswagen just bluffed and lost, and then like you're, the rest of the automakers are sitting around there just like folding? Is that kind of what this is? I think so. Yeah, everybody else realizes they have a shit hand, and so they're just throwing in the towel. Yeah. Or like, let's say there's two of you trying to fight a bear. You both have bats, and the first guy gets eaten. You're probably not going <laughs> to stick around with that bat. <laughs> <laughs> right so it's like it's like the kid the slow kid gets eaten and the fast ones get away exactly what? exactly gotcha. yeah. i um but yeah i mean i, I don't know what <laughs> i had a discussion with this about with someone recently they were talking about why we don't have diesel and short of public opinion kind of like nuclear power and things like that I, I couldn't come up with a good reason why we don't have diesel that much here in the u.s well a, a big reason is the smell Right. It doesn't matter what you do to a diesel powertrain. You're going to have, uh, what are they, NOx emissions? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what we control? NOx and hydrocarbons. Yeah. And it's just, I don't, I don't know, dude. Diesels just I have like a it. smell, right? I like I like the smell of diesels. I grew up on a farm with tractors. I mean, I like the smell of diesel too, but. Well, in, this is in not a, a good city. sample set for your point, Mike. <laughs> no, it, no, I mean, I like gasoline, so I should go to all, to Oregon <laughs> lately. It looks like they're spilling a lot of gasoline from what I've seen in the videos online. But you know, which is uh, which is amazing. I didn't know that the general population of Oregon couldn't figure out how to put a so, diesel on a tank. But yeah, apparently it's more difficult than the so rest of the state. One of the tank. things that I guess I just really don't understand with this. I mean, they said that they're basically they're killing off the diesel because of the rise, the increase in. Uh, demand for hybrid models right with with so many yeah yeah that's part of so it, many right? hybrid models being you know um you know i'm thinking of like the you know the electric model that has a small generator to recharge the batteries right wouldn't a diesel be perfect for that <laughs> well i mean if you're if you're killing off something if you consider you know the the context of like what's happening right um, you know, if, like you wouldn't want to say, oh, we're getting rid of the diesel because yeah, Volkswagen got caught. And so, uh, we don't want to get caught too. You'd say, oh, we're getting rid of the diesel because of the environment. <laughs> Our customers actually don't want to <laughs> use the diesel anyway, you know, so just forget about that. We're going to a more environmentally friendly vehicle. Uh, because our environmental vehicle sales are so strong, please don't hurt us. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's it's more of a marketing thing, right? I mean, I'm not the marketing guy, Mike is, but at this point, it'd be I think it's a tough sell to sell to anyone, let alone in Europe, diesel cars yeah, right now. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it, Volkswagen created such a huge uh, hurdle to get over 
with just their their whole cheating process, right? And then you've got the suppliers that got roped into it, right? I mean, you've got companies like Bosch who were in, instrumental in being able to pull it off. And so their stuff is in just about everybody's vehicles, right? I, Ford probably buys stuff from Bosch if I were to, to guess. I, I'm not the sourcing guy, but I, I would bet good money on the fact that Ford sources things from Bosch. Uh, and probably fuel system components. So yep. when you have uh, a major tier one supplier like that, that was helping a major automaker cheat the system, there's not a whole lot of faith left there. So it makes sense to me, I guess, that uh, the general population is diesel averse currently, which hey it may come back around once more vehicles go to electric and hybrid and things like that right and you could use a little 10 horsepower diesel engine to essentially power a generator to power the batteries um but until we get to the, that kind of market share where hybrids and uh and evs are well in integrated into the automotive landscape i don't think you're going to see diesel come back in a big way I think from my side, I, and I, again, I have conversations with people about car stuff. It's almost inevitable living in the metro Detroit to not talk to cars about people. But the interesting <laughs> thing about the hybrid is that – I caught that too. <laughs> I mean, it's just impossible. I mean, like you go to a grocery store and the guy will ask you about a pickup truck or something. But in any case, we're talking well, you about – said, You said talk to cars about people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Sorry. That's, that's what I, we're I mean, I don't talk – I, I do – I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do talk to my cars. That may but, be the way they talk about <laughs> go ahead and ignore that so talking about cars to people yeah i think that's the accurate way uh it seems like the public perception is people don't want hybrids anymore i mean now i being in the auto market i realize that hybrids is the next logical step right just basically start making everything hybrid but public perception is people just want to go straight to plug-in electric i mean they want the teslas right they don't want the fusion hybrid, right, with 45 miles per gallon right. or whatever it is. So it's, Yeah, it's true. And you see it with people skipping over the leaf, right, in favor of things like the Bolt. Because the leaf is a hybrid, isn't it? Yeah. No, the leaf is full electric. Is it, oh, is now? it, is it full electric? Full electric, yeah. Oh, right. But, so, I mean, you have to you know, Ford... previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Ford has, um, you know, the fusion hybrid and the fusion energy, right? So, like, with the energy, you have the plug-in you know, hybrid only electric if you want, but also eliminates range anxiety. Right. So, you know, I, th I think that, um, it, and I, it's, it's kind of weird. I'm in a weird situation right now where I, so, okay. A little, a little story. Uh, I have a, a Mariner. My wife has a 2010 Mariner and we're having issues with the ABS control module. The ABS control module on these vehicles is kind of an expensive complex part, right? It's like the part alone is like $1,000 or something. Turns out, if she would have had a hybrid Mariner, it would be like $2,000 or $3,000 for the ABS module. And I don't know, I know what the difference is, but I don't know why it's different on the hybrids. So all that to say, I'm interested in like a fusion energy because of the economic benefits you know, you're uh, not economic, but yeah, the, you know, using less gas fuel economy. and uh, just, yeah. yeah, fuel economy, running cost benefits, right? Yeah, your and economic now, benefits. <laughs> right, yeah. But now I'm afraid, like, I'm super afraid because the system is complex and I just kind of has been assuming that even though the system is super complex, that like it should be pretty solid because it's like electric system in theory should be pretty, 
you know, straightforward and things. But, you know, after like dealing with this current situation, which is more going on than that, but um, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid of getting a fusion energy right now. Or anything like that where it's a, you know, like a Volt or, or a, yeah, Volt or some type of hybrid system like that. Yeah, well, I mean, anything that's, uh, anything that's built like that. So any EV, you're going to have you know, more expensive parts when it comes down to things like that, right? Um, and that's going to be co- a cost of ownership. But I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily factor into the equation when they're looking for one, right? They generally most people don't think about the maintenance on a vehicle as part of why they buy a new vehicle, right? They're looking for five to seven troubled free years before they have to start getting into something. Um, but that could be a complete non-starter for some of these, for some auto manufacturers, if they have major recalls on a four or $5,000 part in their whole EV lineup, right? Um, I mean, yeah. And if you, I mean, these things have been out long enough that if you know somebody that's lived with one, Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was great driving. But man, if it went in the shop, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And if I had to replace that battery or if you have to replace your battery or whatever. Right. Right. It could be a complete uh, a complete shutdown for the the EV um, lookers, I guess, the people that want to get into it versus the people that are going to get into it regardless, which let's be honest, Tom, you're one of those people. Yeah, I'm going electric. Yeah, you're you're (laughs) going to buy one. (laughs) Yep. But now what if all that cost of ownership, what if you could just completely disperse that across a 72 to 84 month lease loan? <laughs> nice segue. Nice segue. Yeah, Sal. nice. That, that's Ooh, good. I'm trying to up the segue game. Sal is upping the segue game for sure. The next article we were taking <laughs> so, a look at was on car loans and the disturbing trend of increasing car loans. Which is currently average above $27,000. New cars, which is quite a bit uh, compared to what they have been historically, right? Um, and yeah, Tom, what do you think about that? What do you think about people spending much more on a new car these days? Well, they're clearly smarter than I am because you know they're averaging twenty-seven grand on a new car, and I have about <laughs> twenty-seven grand over two eight-year-old cars. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what you get for buying a Raptor. <laughs> I. 27 yeah, grand that's nothing uh, yeah <laughs> or, um, when i was i just all i could think about is yeah. selling ford trucks in texas <laughs> it was 60 70 50. yeah but you, yeah no but you got to think that's the that's the average right so you've got people that are buying the 15 16,000 yeah. dollar um yeah fiestas too are in that data so so the interesting thing would be t- to me on this is one, the uh, default rates would be interesting to watch. And then two, I, I, so a vehicle, as soon as you drive it off the freaking car lot, right. And you put those first hundred miles on it, your depreciation is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh okay. Boy, here we go. Yeah. But, but wait, yeah. So Sal and yeah, I talked about exactly. this a little before, before we came on the show. Right. And uh, I'm also super predictable. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but Sal has a good point to this. So, so basically, what I was saying, because I'm the sucker that's bought three new cars in the last six years, that's a bit absurd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that is kind when of you absurd. think about it, it's a lot of waste of money. But stick with me here. Uh, so, my argument is that depreciation 
for a person like you, Tom, would not matter as much if you intend to keep your car for a long enough time. So I'm not a money guy, right, at all. I don't understand investments. I don't understand any of that. I am a caveman. But someone was talking Wait, about unless the we're talking about sneakers, in which case you know what's going on. I know the sneaker economy, but that's neither here nor there. That's, but, that's how he made his money to buy right, those cars. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Selling the Second easy get you. But in any case, um, so someone was commenting saying that, okay, hypothetically, let's say that you're relatively well off, right? You have enough money to put 20 to 30% down on the car, and then you expand it over an 84-month lease, right? You know you're alone. You know you're going to keep it, right? Let's say you know you're going to keep it. By lowering your payments, you have more net cash month to month would be the idea that you can do with other stuff rather than just dumping it into a car payment. But again, I guess that's under the assumption that you can keep the car and that you're relatively well off otherwise and you won't default. Well, sure. And in the, in the finance world, do you look so, at it as a, it's called the time value of money, right? right. So you and look at it and being able to spend, especially currently, you can get insanely low interest rates compared to historic uh, interest rates on vehicles, right? If you have decent credit, which we're not talking about subprime auto lending here. We're just talking about borrowing. Um, and yeah, if, if you could get 1% or 2% on, on an auto loan, on a $30,000 loan, you're, you're kind of getting money for free. Right, be or or getting a yeah. car for for essentially free, right? With aside from the payments, like the interest almost does almost doesn't matter is the point that I'm trying to make here. Um, I mean, it still right. does matter, right? But the fact is, you okay. can invest the remaining whatever uh, twenty five thousand dollars that you don't put down for a down payment into something else that will. Right now, I you could put it in something that's going to make you three percent, right? And so you're going to make three percent yourself off of that $25,000 versus the 2% you're paying in interest. So you're netting out 1% compound interest, right. which over the term of the loan would be somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, rough math, like five grand, maybe six-ish. 1%? I don't know. It's, it's compound. Well, it's continued, if you consider continuously compounded interest, oh. right? It's not like a yearly compound. It's, it's not an APY. Be. It's... Uh, It'd still be only like, you know, two yeah, grand. Probably. But um but also the other thing too is the the way that I think about it, number one, like I don't keep cars that long. That's your problem. Um, See, you that's know, your my, problem. My parents, Just run them until they die. Be like your dad and run until <laughs> yeah. they die. It's true. Like my parents always did that, and I get bored and I want something else after a couple of years. But the other thing is too, like I don't like putting money down on things. Um what I do instead is I figure like I buy something that's cheaper. So like to get my payment target down. And then if I did have money, you know, I also usually um, try to make sure I have X amount of payments like saved up because I would, you know, just like we were talking about the opportunity cost for that money. We're in a strange time right now where I can go and take that money and make a higher percentage um, and interest off of that than I am spending on the loan. Right. right? So me having that money is more valuable than me. Um, you know, like putting it down on a loan or whatever to like drop the payment, I'm making the decision to, you know, lower my payments by getting a cheaper vehicle, uh, which is why I have a, you know, 2010 Raptor that had 125,000 miles on it instead of a 2014, 13 Raptor with 50,000 miles on it. So the the 2010 Raptor, I'd argue that your 
cost of total cost of ownership over the time that you've had that compared to my 2015 F-150 is probably similar. It's probably cost on more cost of cost if you don't or, if you don't factor uh, in maybe uh, if you eliminate the fact incidents. that I put down well yeah valet incidents yeah uh, or or the <laughs> chunk of change that I put down let's just take a look at cost of ownership right so that's the <laughs> argument I've always had against used cars now I don't have a huge detriment I've had used cars in the past right but to your point of d- depreciation you know again your problem time is that you get rid of cars as fast as I do, which is both of our problems. So depreciation hits you like crazy, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It, it is, that's, uh, so that's actually why I went with the Raptor over pretty much anything else at the time. Right. Because I, so, you know, our trucks are going to, as far as mm-hmm. value and yours is a 2015, mine's a 2010. Ours are going to cross value like very mm-hmm. shortly. Right, because the Raptors actually, I did a bunch of research, and they'd been out long enough that there's enough data to do mm-hmm. the research, where um, like the, the value was just sticking with the Raptors in an insane rate. So the same 2010 F150, um, you know, if my truck retailed for 55k, and let's say you bought a Platinum 2010 F150 at roughly the same price, three years after you bought it, the Platinum had lost nearly half its value. And my truck had lost like twenty five to thirty percent. Oh yeah, of for sure. Yeah, and that, and that curve is more attractive as time has gone. But on. the gas, so, Tom. The gas. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I work I work from home, so and it works the ability out to okay. be like, can I go there? Oh shoot, it is a parking garage. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> hey, I okay. I am one for one. I have gotten into every parking garage that I have attempted. So, so far, knock on wood. <laughs> oh. Well, All right. well, let's let's get off that topic because we could we could talk about sorry, that yeah. for right. well over the time that right. we have allotted here. And after that uh, financial manual, are the hopefully the listeners are still awake. No, they're all all gone. They've, if you're driving, I, I, if you're driving, stop for coffee. <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry, that's something I don't know. I get I overthink that for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting we, that we have uh, no conclusion on that. I just want to point that out that uh, it's kind of like, well, yeah, people are spending more money, but eh, if you could do it, go ahead. <laughs> well, my thing from the investment standpoint is, unless the default rates start kicking up, we're pretty, pretty much, much yeah, are. I think yeah, we are. Yeah, they're yeah. going up, but they're going up. Also, car prices are going up. I'm just going to throw oh, that yeah, out sure. there. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the navigator, we're back on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if, I know the if, navigator. You know, if you look at the navigator, it's a it's over a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, and they've been Ford can't keep up with the freaking demand. So, which is incredible, dude. Who? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a little. What? Who are these people? Okay, we were just talking about. I believe it was announced that I don't know somewhere. Who are these people that have all this money? Like this guy, like this David Brown Speedback Silverstone Edition car that's on like. I don't even know what it's based on, but it looks amazing. $855,000, right? I just got done watching a documentary on Netflix about Jaguar building those, uh, like finishing out the series of E-types that they still had VINs for, right? They like made, they're supposed to make 12 back in the 60s and then they made, they only made six of them or something. So they made the other six and are selling them for like a million and yep. a half a piece, right? Like, who, like, I'm sorry guys, but we we run in the wrong circles. Well, I agree. <laughs> um, but I just want to say, well, maybe not the wrong. Do you know who but... has that much money? Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm guessing. It's, 
He does not. Another segue. Look at that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, he's he's up for a two point six billion dollar compensation compensation package, assuming Tesla hits the metrics. But but so I'm. How, how does that I was reading an article saying that if he reaches reaches his twenty twenty metrics, he's up for something like fifty billion dollars. Something. Oh, yeah, he's going to have a huge freaking payout. It's unreal. but they're also very. Uh, very strategic stretch targets that he has to hit. So, right? but it's not like, hey, if you actually sell the Model Three, you get two point six billion. Well, they got to make them first. But um, and not to go back on marketing and finance but again. But so part of what they were talking about. This was a a short little short brief article, right? That we read on uh, another publication. Um, one of the guys was talking about the investors were saying that basically all that valuation of Tesla is basically riding on Elon. Oh, yeah. That Elon is the only reason. But 95%. Is that a smart way to invest in something that's based on the hype of a person? Well, no. But... Uh, it's a pretty dang big catalyst, yeah, though. It, that you can't... It's very difficult and, to reproduce and some dude, other way. Elon Musk, honestly, for... Uh, and for as much as I could say that he he has he's overpromised and underdelivered, the fact that he's actually delivered anything uh, means that you could put some faith in the guy, yeah. right? So I understand where the investors are coming from, obviously, um, but at the same time, no, no, everyone knows that the valuation is bullshit, right? But they don't care because they believe that at some point he's actually going to deliver on something. Wait, you? I mean, I don't know. I think he's pulling the wool over the uh, the board's eyes on this one because, like, you you know, he is involved in a few other companies, right? And you you also know that his like dream is to go and live on Mars and eventually die there, yeah. right? You know, you know, I I almost I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm willing to you know take a gamble that SpaceX has built more rockets than they've built. Oh, I, I would. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I may have, not I absolute may, numbers. I, I may but. have information on this, so I will uh, plead the fifth. I actually did. Uh, I got to a final interview round and was flown out and have toured SpaceX and talked to some of their engineers and all that. So, um, but in any case, wait, wait, so what, what, have they built is, more rockets than Model Threes? Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth on that again. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I would like to do a quick flashback because just to show the other listeners, I am also a listener of the show, uh, to a comment someone made. I can't remember who. I think I have an idea, but I can't remember who that was talking about how the Model 3, the only issue is they can't make any. And my argument is that is the only issue. (laughs) That is the only issue that matters, and that is the biggest thing. That is the issue. To get a lot of people into Model 3s, you have to be able to make a lot of Model 3s. But if your real goal is to get to Mars, you're not going to focus. Especially on that. if you can put them on the rocket and shoot them directly into space, right? Just like the roadster. And here's what's going to happen. Here's here's what's going to happen. 2025. Okay, Elon Musk is. There's going to be an article. I'm going to name the title for you right now. The article is 2025. Elon Musk gets 50 billion dollar bonus for tweeting from Mars. <laughs> That's that's the headline. So you so you're betting on the fact that Mars is going to have better cell service than Earth because he's going to. Oh, he's going to bring satellites with no. him. 
yeah, he'll he'll get it figured out. I'm I'm betting on the fact that like Elon Musk cares more, probably is starting to care more about SpaceX than he cares oh, yeah, about sure. Tesla. Well, that was one of the concerns that they mentioned in the article, and he said he was now he was vague about it, but he said he was committed to staying with <laughs> Tesla. Um, but it was relatively vague. I'd say that too for fifty billion dollars. <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind too is like two point six billion dollars for this dude is like like a fifteen cent raise at Taco Bell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he spends money like crazy, and he doesn't spend money on like glitz and glam. Like he probably has you know like the weirdest crap on his Amazon wish list. You know what I mean? Like dye presses <laughs> and like electrical engineering gizmo stuff like i don't know the, uh, the interesting thing is though i don't know if you guys knew this it has been in other publications but i heard about this also when i went there that uh he sits at a regular cube he doesn't even have his own office at uh spacex or tesla he has just a cube and he walks around but can you imagine being like a little drafting engineer and elon musk walks up to you and he looks at you and you're like scrolling twitter or something <laughs> Only if you're reading his tweets. I just right. Sure. right. And also, too, I bet you his cube has every freaking thing from thinkgeek.com. <laughs> it's probably a pretty sweet cube. Probably has the most ergonomic chair yeah. ever made. Speaking speaking of cubes, yep. Tom, we went to a very cube-shaped building this last weekend. And there are many cars inside that oh. cube-shaped building. Where do we go? And this this building has a massive, beautiful, gorgeous screen surrounding yeah, it now, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I live downtown. I didn't even <laughs> need to turn on the lights in my apartment because Kobo could just light yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's ter- no, it's, it lights up all of the. I mean, downtown Detroit's not that big, and it's all lit up by freaking Kobo now. Yep, Mike doesn't like the screen, which I, I agree. It seems like a, a silly spend of thirty-two yeah. million dollars. I don't think Elon Musk would have spent that money that way. But anyway, um. Yeah, so we went to Autorama. And what do we see? What which, do we see? Which, which, let's explain to maybe some listeners that maybe aren't familiar. Autorama is basically what the hot rod equivalent of of the auto show, roughly yeah, in rough terms. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't call it equivalent because it's way better <laughs> than the auto show. Um, there's not much equal about it. There's way more chrome, um, but and yes. much better paint. I will say there is yep. much much better paint than at. The production auto show <laughs> you know it'd be fun next year we could go to both and we'll take one of those paint detector things that like you oh, put on there and it tells better. you about the thickness yeah, right. and quality no it just tells you like the quality of the paint we'll do a bunch of the cars at um at the auto show and then we'll do a bunch of the cars if the owners let us at uh, autorama right and i bet you the average will be so much higher that'd be like a really good data-driven piece of information we may have to, like, we may have to convince sales he's do. you know the engineer that gets into the details and the data to oh, come with us. Gosh. Oh, true. There you go. Getting in. There you go. I mean, I could go sample it and he can compile it. I can it. compile it. I just <laughs> spent a lot of time compiling today and all that fun stuff. But, but anyway, yeah, so we went to Autorama. Um, it was good. I mean, it, it wasn't as impressive, I think, as in years past maybe. Um, kind of some lesser known names, right? Some uh, You didn't have like the Barrises and uh, – um, oh, I don't remember the other name that I'm thinking of right now. Uh, Foos, like Chip Foos, right? I didn't see anything going on from those guys. Um, so less of the big oh, yeah. names, but there was a lot of uh, smaller, uh, you know, mom and pop kind of speed shops or whatever that actually had, they had some pretty impressive builds. I was uh, pleasantly surprised by uh, what I had seen. You know what? I just realized something. 
I don't think I saw a single Ford GT there. You, I mean, why would you? Well, I mean, like an 05, an 06. But, or, but why, I mean, even like a kit you? reproduction, like GT40. It's a hot rod oh. show. It's not a supercar show. It's a hot uh, rod show. I'm sure that's true. Quality, I was just, I guess I'm throwing The quality by of the, the paint would not be up to your standards hey, either. Doug. Hey, I it saw. It would be production level paint. It would be the average down. Tom, we saw a, a supercharged V12 uh, 31-ish Ford Coupe. Coupe. Was it a, was it a Model A? Oh, no, I'm just saying it's a no, coupe. It's, yeah. No, it's not German. It's not a coupe. Know. It's a coupe. It's America. It's America. It's a All coupe. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But the, the supercharger was chromed, as were the aluminum finned everything uh, cylinder heads, flathead cylinder heads, and it was sexy. I I won't lie. That was an impressive. We just posted it on Instagram, actually. So if you go to our Cars Unfiltered Instagram, you can see a bunch of pictures of it. But that was a thing of beauty. Like the proportions, like the V12 inside. Like, so first of all, I didn't think, cause Mike's been talking about doing something like Wait, this. Why, I didn't why think it would fit as well as it does. Like well, obviously. And also because cool. I have a Lincoln V12 sitting in my oh. garage currently waiting for something to go in. Yep. I remember when he had to go find the tool to take the valves out of the cylinder head. That yeah. was a whole, that yeah, was that, a that, big day for Mike. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, those valuable uh, you know, skills you, you learn something every day. But speaking of parts that I have in my garage, I ordered I ordered some parts. Uh oh, I'm, I'm gonna thing. I'm gonna run into my bone to pick segment. You know, my grind the gears, but I can't uh, I can't say grind the gears because Family Guy stole it, so it's probably copyrighted or something now. Peter Griffin's gonna come after you. I know. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna pick a bone <laughs> instead, and uh, so, so I, I ordered some parts for Project Alcan, right? And specifically, what I ordered was uh, tie rod ends. And for those of you who don't know what a tie rod end is, it has uh, it has a ball that fits in a little sleeve that that moves around. And importantly, is there is a tapered shaft on the end of that ball that goes into a tapered socket, basically a tapered hole. And then there's a nut on, and it it pulls the whole thing together and keeps it there tight, right? Mike, I can see it now, but I'm pretty sure it's not right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going. I Tom, mean, you painted a picture Tom, well. I, I, I want, you, I want you to right take your, your index finger and your thumb and put them together. Put, a, put them no. together. Put it's a, a family no, it's show. Not. We're, we're, family we're rated show, explicit. Mike. This isn't a family show. Take, take your index finger and your thumb and put them together. And then, okay. and then take the now. index finger from your other hand, right? And I want you, I want you to slip it in there. Until you get to the second knuckle, just leave it in. Okay. Though. It's not inappropriate if you leave it in. Yeah, it's, you don't. It doesn't come back out, right? It goes in, and it, that's that's kind of how the tapered thing works, right? And well, that's and, how you make the second one. And, wait, so so when you when you have a when you have a properly made uh, ball joint with a, with the correct taper on it, as you slide. Your finger, as you slide the paper into the hole, it'll stop. It won't rotate. It'll it'll have a, a press fit, and it won't rotate. And so you can put the nut on, and it'll suck it in tighter. And then it it keeps it 
so that the ball is the socket that moves <laughs> and the taper doesn't move at all, right? And that's how this whole thing works. And so Ladies and gentlemen, I swear he's trying. Like he is sincerely I can trying. See, this is this is Mike's <laughs> version of the birds and the bees, what he tells me. <laughs> Son, you take your tapered socket. But my point my point is that the taper was wrong. And so when I put the part together, it spun before the nut was tight. And it's, I hate it it's when tough. That but the hardest thing is then how do you you gotta get the nut off? You have to realize that fast enough. <laughs> so you can get the nut off and take the part, the part back apart without screwing things up. Timing is critical. <laughs> Timing is critical. Yeah, it's <sighs> critical. Timing and position is, positioning is critical. <laughs> but anyways, it pissed me off. Did it take you? It took, it took me like a minute and a half. Yeah, it, yeah. Right. But it pissed me off. But luckily, I ordered like four of these fuckers because. I wanted to make sure I had extra parts and the other ones that I had were apparently from a better supplier because they fit like a glove. And that's, that's my, that's my bone. That's my bone to pick. You know, what's really funny. If this was a TV show sponsored by like, you know, CBS or something, right? Like we would have been canned by now. Gotten the, the yeah. network out. It's a screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good thing we don't have any sponsorship to live up to right now. Uh-huh. Yet <laughs> we're looking for sponsors. Yes, yeah, so uh, you know if you want if you want your product awkwardly described <laughs> with fingers with <laughs> fingers and holes, uh, we're your we're your guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But wow. yeah, so th- so that's that. But that also leads me into the our last segment, right? Which is the Alcan update. And uh, so I, I've got the front end together because I ordered some parts additional to the shitty parts. And so the front end's assembled, and I just got my transmission and my rear end and a bunch of other shit back from the powder coater, and it looks good. And I'm going to clean it because it got powder coated. It got sandblasted and then powder coated, so there's some sand in there in weird places. Uh, who's the powder coating? it is federal industrial services out of warren michigan so if anybody needs any of their shit done i'd highly recommend them go talk to jamie she'll get you set up they're they've got awesome prices and honestly probably one of the quickest turnarounds i've ever run into from a, a sandblaster powder coater um i brought them like 30 parts this last time and i had them back within four days so they're, yeah, they're pretty quick. Wow. Yeah, and that's awesome. Phenomenal price, um, but yeah. So I got a bunch of my stuff part, a bunch of my stuff back. So I'm going to assemble the transmission, and it's going to go back on the engine, and then it's going to go back in the car, in the truck, on the chassis. Nice. And then I'm just waiting for stuff to come back from my Columbia guys, so I can assemble the rear end, and I will have a driving chassis. I know, right? The, the first big, the first big step in progress towards yeah towards alaska this. yeah yeah towards alaska there we go i don't know i was gonna try and say something i, I mean we, may not, all, we so. may not have a cab to sit in, know, but we'll at least have a sweet seat <laughs> and you know a steering wheel attached to a chassis so there's that <laughs> yeah we could just go <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, that's that's my alcan update well, we're, we're getting places things are happening sweet nice and we'll have hopefully more video content. Of yeah, that now that I got soon. some parts back, I can start uh, running through some more video to show you how things go back together. 
Which is maybe, way more interesting than me just cleaning shit, let's be honest. Or maybe give a visual representation of said tapered socket insertion yeah, yeah, Maybe I will show a video of how a ball joint actually <laughs> works. All nine. <laughs> there you go. Clear. That'll clear some things up. <clears throat> cool. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be generous. I'm yeah. not sure. Um <laughs> Uh, cool. Do you guys have anything? I don't think you want anything more from me. (laughs) I yeah. I think we've had enough, man. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and check out some more of our content on CarsUnfiltered.com and uh, our Instagram. Check out the latest post by Sal, uh, which where he tells you what kind of car you should buy. Yep. On CarsUnfiltered.com. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. See you next time.